When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. This week, we're going to talk about new beginnings. Now, the world is finally emerging from the pandemic. I mean, Maybe because World War III is looming in Ukraine, maybe because the Democrats' poll numbers aren't great, but whatever the case, mask mandates are lifting, vaccine passport bullshit is dropping away. I, as someone who moved to Montana in 2020, have been long past this pandemic. But look, I understand that not everyone has been so fortunate where they live, but it does seem like the fog is finally lifting. So I want to talk about stepping into the next phase of our life. And we're going to hear from one shalligator today who's facing a very concrete, specific fork in the road about whether or not to take a job in a totally different city where she doesn't know anyone. And we're going to talk about starting over in general and how to make more friends. Because this is truly the number one question that I get. How do I make friends as an adult? And I've done a lot of videos on my YouTube channel about this, and I'm sure some podcasts here. I mean, honestly, I make so much content, it kind of all runs together. But we're going to talk about it more today and not just making friends, but friends post-pandemic, because it's the game's a little bit different in a good way, though, because now we really have the opportunity to kind of go back to the friendship drawing board and ask ourselves, perhaps for the first time in our lives, what do I need from a friend? We ask ourselves this about guys all the time. What I want in a guy. We talk about it at brunch. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? I don't know. I like this. We select it on dating apps. But do we ever stop and ask ourselves or other people, hey, what do you want in a friendship? Well, now we kind of have that golden opportunity. This is truly the great remaking in so many ways. So we're going to talk about how to remake a whole bunch of different aspects of our lives, but focus mostly on friendship. But before we get started, just a little housekeeping. I would really appreciate it if you would take a minute to rate and review this podcast. And of course, click subscribe and share it with your friends. It really does help me out as a podcaster to get the word out and increase the shalantourage. 
And also, if you guys want to connect with me, head to my website, shallonlester.com, and click Submit a Question. You can also head to cameo.com and get a little custom video. Okay, so let's talk to a shalligator, like I said, who's at a fork in the road. She said, I live in Chicago and I got offered a job in Arizona. I'm single, I'm 29, and I work in the medical field, and I still live with my parents, but I've always wanted to move out west because I just hate the cold weather. The new job is definitely more in line with what I want to do and such a better quality of life, but it pays a little bit less. I'm mostly worried, though, about making friends and having to start all over again at almost 30. Meanwhile, literally all of my friends are getting married and settling down. Part of me looks at this as a really exciting opportunity, but to be completely honest, I kind of also want to just physically escape this weird pressure I'm feeling, given that, yeah, everyone else is settling down. What if I move and, yeah, okay, I've got a better quality of life, but no one to spend it with? Is it too late to start over? So, <laughs> I laughed out loud when I read this because when, when I read it, you know, and her subject line was like, starting over, I can't do this. I thought it was going to be like, I'm 59. I, what am I going to do? I've got to get a job. 30? Girl, come on. Come on. No. Surely she's pushing 70 if she's this afraid to go seek her fortune and her heart's desires. Like, no, right? That's what I was thinking. There's got to be a bad hip or something that she's worried about. 30? Girl, I say this because of course it's not too late. In fact, you are right on schedule. Okay, the sad truth is that people who are getting married and settling down, honey, they're already gone. They are. You just don't know it yet. They're still clinging to this past self of like, of course, we're still going to do rockin' sushi. Yeah, we're going to take girls' trips. Oh my God, that baby's not going to affect anything. And they sell it so well because they believe it. They want to believe it. But it is not true. It is not true. When people, look, and I'm not saying when people get married, they're gone forever. I have tons of married friends, but things do change. And this is why we need to always be refreshing. So you need to make new single friends no matter what. I mean, I did. All my other single friends did too. And what no one tells you is that this starting over is life. It's not starting over, it's living your life, right? That is simply what's required every decade or so. And no, it doesn't mean you burn your current life to the ground and just get rid of absolutely everything and shave your head and move across the world. It just means you update and refresh things, like a wardrobe. You don't buy a bunch of clothes, go out and spend like $5,000 of top to bottom, underwear to socks, whatever, and be like, well, I'm done. I'm never going to buy new clothes. Um, this is the wardrobe I am going to die in. No. You accept that there's some pieces you're going to keep for a really long time and there's others that are here for a good time and not a long time. You accept that that is going to have to have constant refreshing as you, your surrounding, your life, your needs change. And we're so unwilling to accept this with people. Why? We think people are supposed to be here forever, which is crazy because people have their own things going on. Your clothes don't. Like that trench coat isn't like, well, it's time for me to move on. I've got places to go and people to be worn by. No, like your clothes are completely stationary and they only, they don't really even wear out. But we accept it's like, well, there's going to be a time when I have no more need for this. There's going to be a time when my needs are simply different, even though the clothes themselves aren't doing anything to impact that. But with humans, oh no, no, no. This friend that I make, we got to die together. This boy that I date, 
we also have to die together too. There's a lot of dying all at once, all of us together. So if we can take a step back and be like, okay, seasons change. And when we feel that chill in the air, like in a regular season, we get the coat out, we put the bikini away. And so we have to be able to modify like that with humans and relationships and be like, okay, their season is changing. They're becoming a wife. They're becoming a mom. I'm so happy for them, but their needs are going to be different. Their schedule is going to be different. Their free time, their bandwidth, what they want out of a friendship is going to change because now they've got this partner in their life who is meeting different needs. So whereas they were calling me and telling me about work drama every day and Deb fucking with the printer and blah, blah, blah. Now they're telling that to someone else. So my role might shift. Now I might be more like party friend. Yeah, we're still gonna talk about the deep stuff, but when they have time to get together, maybe they're gonna wanna go out and like go big because they're at home with their probably super cool husband all the time. And if we can accept that occasional refurbishment, the refresh, the rebrand, it's so much less frightening because it's simply life. This is what happens. So you need to make more and new friends who align with the season you're in because seasons change. Moms end up making mom friends. Career women make more career friends in their professional setting. My point is you are going to have to branch out anyway, or you find your world gets very small. Don't we all kind of have friends like that who like are sort of stuck at a certain point in their life? I look back on so many of my friends from college and I use that term very loosely, friends. Let's, let's make it more specific. My sorority sisters from college. Like we were seasonal friends at the time. We were all in Gamma Phi together, whatever. But so many of them have really stayed in that lane. They haven't expanded and made new friends. They're still hanging out only with Gamma Phi's. And like, yeah, I enjoy them, but I've made other friends. And it's strange that they haven't. And it seems to me like their world is very small. It's stuck in the past. They're not making new friends based on new seasons. They're shivering in the bikini. So look, you don't want your world to get small. So why stay where you're at? And I mean this like literally, why stay in Chicago? Did you really come this far to only come this far? And listen, I've gone through many, many starting overs throughout my life. I mean, new circles of friends, new jobs, new vibes. I was once the queen of emo. Did you know that? I have a Fall Out Boy song written about me. I mean, I've started over and I've moved also. I mean, I've moved from New York City to Montana. I didn't know one single person in the entire state, not one. And I made the most incredible group of girlfriends simply because I made it my priority and I believed that I would make friends. I just trusted it. I trusted that I was a great friend, that I was fun and outgoing and that I was worthy of these connections. I just felt like it was the right decision. I didn't even have any data about why I needed to go to Montana. I just felt it. I was actually talking with a friend, my friend Karina, about this. We're New York friends. We both worked in magazines. We actually met on a press trip in Italy, and she's just fantastic. And the writing for her is kind of on the wall about the party being over in New York City. Not only just post-COVID and trash everywhere and people getting shoved onto the subway tracks, but just because of our season in life. You know, we're in our 30s. She's got a serious boyfriend. It's like the things that made New York worth it we're not really doing anymore. Oh, there's a new club opening. Uh, okay. 
She'd rather have a big kitchen and a dining room and a patio and I don't know, just a different quality of life. So we've been going back and forth about it. And she's like, how did you know it was Montana though? Like, how did you pick? And it's true that you get decision fatigue. The communists have a saying, one road, no one gets lost. And I always kind of chuckle at that because it's so true. Like if you have to make a decision between, you know, this one city and literally nowhere else, it isn't much of a decision. But when the whole world is open to you, or even when you have two choices, it can seem overwhelming. And I told her, you know, Montana just felt right. Nothing on paper said, oh, no, 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 this is exactly where you should be. Like I said, I didn't know anybody. I had no reason to be in the state, not a job, not a boyfriend, not a friend, nothing, nothing. But I'm like, this just feels right. And it's funny, when you don't have any of those things, when you don't have something helping you make that decision and shaping you and influencing you so hard, the job, the boyfriend, the friend, the whatever, all you're left with is the feeling. Well, how do I feel? Does this resonate with me? And it's tricky because if you're not good at cluing into your authenticity, that feeling that you're feeling is fear. What's whispering to you isn't your psyche, it's not your heart, it's not even your mind, it's fear. Oh, you're never gonna make it there, you're never gonna do this, you're never start over. The way to differentiate is fear is not going to push you in one direction or the other. It's gonna say every state in America is the wrong state. Every city is gonna be scary. So that's kind of how you know that it's fear talking. It's just giving you the same blanket concerns no matter what, what outcome you pick. Like I was deciding between Montana and Hawaii. I had a lease in Hawaii that was already signed and paid for. And my fears about one place were the exact same as the other. I'm not gonna know anyone. I'm gonna have to buy a car. What, am I gonna understand this climate? Are there bugs I've never encountered before? I mean, this was seriously one of them because I hear Hawaii has some serious bugs and I don't, I don't fuck with bugs, okay? But that's when I was like, all right, look, all the fears are equal. It's all the same bullshit. It's all the same trepidations. So instead of focusing on the things I'm afraid of, the things I'm anxious about, because they're the same no matter what I choose, why don't I focus on what's actually thrilling me? So for this shalligator, Okay, fears are fears. Either you move to a new place, who am I gonna be friends with, blah, blah, blah. Or you stay put, oh my God, all my friends are getting married and move on. Am I just gonna stagnate here? All right, both of those fears are basically equal. So which outcome excites you? Are you excited about staying put in your hometown? That's fine, that's valid if you are. If you really wanna put down roots and buy a house, great. Or are you excited about moving someplace completely different? Don't focus on the fear, follow the excitement. So look. Chicago isn't North Korea. If you want to get back in, they're going to let you back in. Your parents aren't going anywhere. Your married friends, they're putting down roots. They ain't going no place. Now is your time to act. You're going to have to do this work of making new friends and expanding your circle and not reinventing yourself, but dressing for a new season at some point. So why not do it now and not let these opportunities pass you by? Why wait? Anything in life worth doing, from learning to walk, to learning to drive, to having sex for the first time, to making gnocchi from scratch, especially making gnocchi from scratch, is going to be scary, right? There's going to be a ton more unknowns than there are knowns, but you just have to trust that you're going to get through it the way you've gotten through everything else. But that's what makes all of these experiences, especially the gnocchi, worth it. But for some of us, re-entering post-pandemic life isn't quite so, I don't know, 
concrete in terms of these forks in the road, right? We're not thinking about picking up and moving. We just want to get back to the life that's been put on pause for two years, right? So, okay, before we do this, I want us to take time to remake some of our friendships. We have all changed a lot in the last two years. And sometimes that change is by virtue of just surviving and kind of emotionally hunkering down. That in and of itself is change. And we can embrace that change and find the silver linings in it and the blessings, or we can get super fucking bitter over the last two years. And believe me, you have every right to be, but where's that gonna get any of us? I mean, nowhere. You know, righteous anger is still anger. And anger isn't really ultra useful at the end of the day. But taking that anger and using it as fuel, gasoline, to remake some aspect of your life, that is. So first things first, I want you to think about how you've changed. What are you more tolerant of? What are you less tolerant of? I have been, I mean, I'm a completely different person than I was pre-pandemic. I mean, not fully, you know, you guys follow me this whole time and you're probably like, oh, you're still on your same bullshit, don't you worry. But I am a much less tolerant person in some categories, and namely the categories of stagnation. I watched many, many of my friends curl up into a ball during this pandemic. I mean, one friend didn't, she didn't leave her apartment, not her apartment building, not her block, her literal studio apartment for 65 days. We are not the same. Like I couldn't physically do that. I mean, I, I would never leave the apartment because I would be dead in there. I would have like made myself insane and just like rampaged out and died. I picked up and moved to Montana. And I'm sure she, I know, looks at me as like, wow, Shallon went COVID crazy. And I'm like, you went COVID crazy, Danielle. But look, I no longer have the tolerance for people who don't make moves in their life. And I'm not saying that that's like a great thing. Like I really am intolerant and impatient with friends who don't like to travel. Friends who don't even want to try new restaurants. Like I, I find it so like, I hate this word, but like triggering. It just makes me crazy. You know, like you really... After all this, you don't see how finite life is, how brief our blessings might be. And you don't want to just get out there and like run through the streets naked and live, live, live. You want to eat the same goddamn chicky tendies that you've been eating. Okay. But for some people, that's comforting. That's stability. They look at me and they're like, life is finite. Blessings aren't guaranteed. So instead of staying home with family, putting down roots, creating a family that's your own personal world, you're in St. Bart's? You're in Costa Rica? Like, what are you thinking? So there's no right or wrong way. There's just authentic versus inauthentic. And I know where I'm at emotionally, what works for me and what doesn't. And it's okay to pull back and say, hey, yeah, we use this metaphor of seasons all the time. Seasons change. But humans have individual seasons and they don't always align like it does on planet Earth. We're all experiencing summer and winter. I mean, I guess if we want to think about this metaphor, in terms of like America and Australia. It blows my mind that Christmas happens in the middle of their summer. Blows my mind. Like they sing White Christmas the way we do and snowflakes, aren't they like, what are they talking about? It's wacky. But look, their season occurs differently. And that's all we need to do is give everyone space and not, I guess, sort of this blanket of judgment and be like, look, I am going to seek out the relationships and the situations that benefit me now. So what are those? What do you need? Well, I don't know. I don't know what I need. Okay, that's fine. Let's work backwards. 
in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of your worst anxiety moments, the most frustration, when you felt the most trapped, what did you feel like you needed? When I look back, one thing I felt like I needed was space, like physical space, land, green hills. I needed, I had this urge to get back to America. And I was in America. I was in California, you know, it was, it was like an existential America. I wanted to get back to the America that I knew, the America that I grew up with. Quarantine was a difficult time for me. I got canceled. I saw truly the ugliest side of humanity that I have ever witnessed. And it made me hate humans. It did. I just wanted everyone to die. I was like, go Corona. Like I was really in a bad place for a little while. And I wanted to get back to some place where there were simply less people. And the people who were there were simpler people. And for me, that was the country. That was Montana. And it really, really fed me. And so I got that need met. And then I was able to look at more nuanced needs. Okay, all right, I got my land, I got my cows, I got my guns, that's pretty base. What's next? Hmm, I wanna be around people who don't need to be on the scene. You know, they don't care about reputation and who's cool and clout and da 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 da. Okay, that's some data too. And then I was sort of able to move out and out and out and get my needs met in a more nuanced way. So I want you to go back to those times of frustration. What was your heart telling you you needed? What were the real baseline things? The land, the guns, you know, that's what I was. What were yours? Okay, have those needs been met? If not, that's where we start. If they have, okay, let's move out one circle. What are the more nuanced needs? Well, I really enjoyed my friends who were very positive and my friends who were very negative I found I had like no tolerance for. Maybe that's where, you know, you land. Maybe that's something you come up with. Okay, now you've got, we're creating this sort of police sketch of the potential perfect best friend. Not that we need perfection in a best friend, but you know what I mean. We're starting to, to give some shape to this ideal friendship, to what we need from friends. Because again, like I said in the beginning, we don't take the time to do this. We do it for guys. We do it maybe for jobs, for our bodies, you know, if we even do that. But we really, if we're being honest with ourselves, we are so much more passenger than we are driver. And it's a pretty unwise way to live. When we talk about manifestation, we use a restaurant as a metaphor. You sit down at a restaurant, if you don't order anything, nothing ever comes. Or if you're like, um, I don't know, just like whatever you have back there. They're like, what do you mean, whatever we have? We have everything back there. What do you want? I don't know, just like things on a plate? Okay, you're getting like six raw eggs and like four strips of uncooked bacon and a head of cabbage. Like, what are you talking about? That's not what you want. That's a beggar's mentality. When you go into a restaurant, you're like, I want it like this, cooked like that, the topping, the truffle butter, the iced tea with the slice of orange, da, da, da. That's what you get. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm so satisfied because I was so specific and they nailed it. The universe, manifestation, our lives, same thing. If we don't order something, nothing is ever gonna come. So let's sit and make our menu of a friend. What's on the special tonight? Let's say you really don't know though. Okay. I want you to sit down with the friends you do have, maybe one, your best friend, and ask her, what do you need out of a friendship? 
I bet no one's ever asked her that question in her entire life because no one's ever asked it to any of us. Have you ever been asked that? Me neither. It's wild. And I feel like a genius for coming up with this, right? I mean, I am. Ask her, what do you think you need in a friend? Her answer might surprise you. You might be giving, giving, giving in one category. Turns out that's not what she needs. Maybe she doesn't need someone to help her figure out exactly what to say to this boss. She just needs someone to listen. Or maybe it's the opposite. She wants help getting better at dating or work or whatever it is, not just a big hug. You never know. Then I want you to say, well, what do you think I give as a friend? Like, what do you think my strengths are? Again, you might be surprised at what she says. Let's say she tells you you're a wonderful distraction. You always know how to make me smile when I'm crying. You help me look at the bright side of a situation and you give me like real tips on making my life better. You know, you don't just let me sit and wallow like, oh, like live, laugh, love. Like you're like, okay, let's make a list. Let's make an affirmation. Let's do something. I like how action oriented you are. Okay, this is data. Because now you need to sit and think, what do I need from a friend? Is it someone who is like me? Do I give those things to friends? Because that's what I value in return, right? You know, we kind of see the world and give to the world through the filter of our own love languages. Or maybe it's the opposite. You're always giving advice and telling people how to be better and blah, blah, blah. I'm clearly using myself as the example here because that's all I do, just bark orders at people. And maybe what you need though is someone to just be like, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm gonna give you a hug. I'm not gonna tell you how to fix it. I don't know. I trust that you can figure it out for yourself. I'm just here for you as a big warm embrace. Hey, maybe that feels kind of good. But now you've got some data. Now I know what you're thinking. Okay, this doesn't help me like make friends, Shallon. Like this is great, this police sketch thing. How does this actually translate to making friends? Well, would you go into a restaurant and say, why do I need to look at the menu? How does that translate into me getting the food that I want? Well, it's obvious, genius. You can't get the food you want if you don't look at the menu and see what they have and order it, right? Oh, now here we go. This is the work we have to do before manifesting anything. Or screw manifestation. If that's a little too woo-woo for you, that's fine. I get it. This is the work we have to do before we go out and get anything. What am I looking for? How will I know when I found it? And therefore, when we know what we're looking for in a friend, when we're not making friends with people, if we're inviting someone to yoga or out to coffee or over for a book club and they're like, no, you don't take it so personally. You're like, oh, okay, maybe that's just not what they need. They actually don't need a bunch of group activities. Maybe they're kind of a text-based person, whatever. But when you can have that rubric, you are friending smarter, not harder. You know what I mean? It's like dating. When you have the deal breakers, you're fucking smarter and not harder. No, I'm not swiping on him. Yeah, I'm swiping on him. Leaving this date, not texting him again. Beep, bop, boop. You are cutting and burning. Ruthless. We talk about ruthlessness a lot. Ruthlessness can be a great thing if we apply it to our needs and deal breakers in friendship situations too. Plus, when we know someone does or doesn't check our friendship boxes, we can kind of tailor an approach to befriend them. You know, it's kind of like a courtship. Like there's this one girl in Montana, I love her. And I just think she's so positive and so peppy and she's what I need in a friend. Not that her traits aren't found in any of my other friends, they are. But she is like on brand, so to speak, for what I want out of a friend. But she's got two little kids, she's really, really busy. 
but I am like relentless in chasing her down to hang out. And she, she knows, it. like she likes it. She's like, I'm so sorry. I keep flaking and not being able to get together. It's not you. I really want to hang out with you, but just please give me like two more weeks until my schedule slows down. And I'm like, okay, I know it's worth it to keep pursuing that friendship and to be elastic about her schedule because I know she has such value to me in my life because I know my needs for friends. Another friend, and I've spoken kind of, I touched briefly on this um, in a video about a friend who's basically killing herself with alcoholism. It's like, you know what? Even at her best, I don't really know what she's bringing into my life. And so that makes it easier for me to back away. And maybe that sounds kind of reptilian, but maybe I am kind of a reptile. But is it reptilian to be like, well, this person doesn't contribute a lot to my life. I'm going to friend smarter and not harder. And I'm going to save my emotional efforts, my empathy, my energy, my time, our non-renewable resource for someone who really is kind of like worth the return on investment. Is that so bad? Why? Because women are supposed to be friends with everyone? We have to take in everyone like we're the fucking Statue of Liberty? I don't think so. No. We have the right to target our approach to friendships and to only let people in our life who are really earning their place. Not like, oh, they're giving us something and we're users emotionally. But like, again, yeah, they're giving something to us. We're giving something to them. Are we compatible in this way? That's not a bad way of approaching anything. It's efficient. Again, time is our non-renewable resource. Energy isn't much more renewable. We all know what it's like to be burnt out. So let's friend smarter, not harder. And we do that by understanding what we need in this post-pandemic world. And maybe, maybe you didn't change much. I hope not. I hope this bounced off of you like, like nothing. That's great. But still... This is a great time to pull back and say, all right, I'm going to clean out my emotional closet and I'm going to make room for new things. What needs are those new things going to fulfill? Overall, though, I want to say that I talked to so many of you guys, like this one Shalligator we, we spoke to today, who are, you're at this fork in the road and maybe it's because of the pandemic, maybe it's just because of life. And I hear so much resistance to listening to your own heart. And I, I feel lucky that I can be here as a resource to kind of kick you out of that nest. Like, you are moving to Arizona. You want to do this. You are studying abroad in France. You are leaving that fuckboy. You're applying for law school. But I just, I feel like there has been such an unwillingness to trust ourselves lately, maybe because of the pandemic, maybe because, you know, we looked around. It's like, I can't even fucking trust going to the grocery store anymore. All the things that I was doing on autopilot, just part of the fabric of my life, now requires so much thought and bandwidth and fear and anxiety that, my God, how can I decide between Dr. Pepper and Diet Pepsi? I can't do that. That's crazy. For sure, I can't pick a new city. <clears throat> But just talking with my friend Karina, who I referenced to, she's like, I don't know, maybe it's time to leave New York. And I'm obviously very bold in what I say. I'm very decisive. And I was like, it's time for you to leave New York City. It's time. And she's like, okay, yeah, because I have been thinking that. And it's like, it's that kind of vibe that I hear from you guys over and over again. It's, you know the answer. It's in your mouth and you just don't want to spit it out. And that's understandable for sure. 
but I want you to get to the root of why. Why can't I just say, I'm done with New York. I'm done with this relationship. I'm done with this dead end job. I'm going back to school. I'm done with this hair color. I'm done with whatever. I'm starting this. I'm starting that. I'm starting fresh. What is the thing whispering in your ear that says, don't do that. Don't do that. It's fear. Okay. What is the fear saying? Why have you decided you can't trust yourself? I don't know, but you do. And your psyche knows it. So give her room to speak to you as much as the fear is speaking to you. And go boldly in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've imagined. Trust yourself. Almost anything can be undone. I can go back to New York. This alligator could go back to Chicago. We can drop out of law school. We can go back to law school. We can open up that Etsy store. We can shut it down. Pretty much anything is reversible. So why not just try it? At the very worst, at the end of the day, it's all just data. And I feel like in the last two years, we have had an absence of some data, but we've had a huge influx of others if we're willing to log those emotional data points and look at, hey, what about this pandemic kind of worked for me? Like the absence of FOMO, being closer to home, whatever it is. And what things didn't? Get curious and not furious. And now that you have all this information, you can step into the next phase of your life, not scared, but excited. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Like I said, click subscribe and feel free to share. It really helps me out. And if you want to talk to me one-on-one, head to my website, shallonlester.com. We're going to be back next week. See you later, Shalligators. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com. And be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage.